in the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis is the story of the ultimate test, and that's what we'll look at tonight and, and consider. Uh, I wonder if God's ever tested you. Would you know if, if he had tested you? You might know that uh, at this point in Abraham's journey, and this is the journey of Abraham in the 22nd chapter of Genesis, Abraham had walked with God for decades. He was not new in his relationship with God. He knew God. He was pretty comfortable in his relationship with God. But here in, in the 22nd chapter, Abraham finds himself facing a test that's going to reveal his heart to God and reveal the heart of God to him. And usually that's what happens when we face some kind of test, when God tests us, when he puts us in a position where there's a decision to be made or a step of faith to be made. It reveals uh, something of our heart if we respond to it rightly. But more than anything else, it reveals to us something of the heart of God that we didn't know before. So let me just remind you that there, there is a test in your future. Uh, will God test you like he tested Abraham? No, not exactly like that. Nobody else in the Bible faced a test like this one. This was a test especially for him. But the test will come. That's number one. There's about seven or eight points in this message. They're going to come quick. Just remember this, the test will come. There's one for everybody. There's, you look in the scripture, there's one for everybody. If it's Moses or David or, or Solomon or anybody else, there's a test for everybody. There's a moment in your life when the test will come. We just look at Genesis chapter 22. I'm just going to walk through the chapter with you. This just will be a simple Bible study tonight, but hopefully you'll see some things in it that you haven't seen before. Now, it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham? And he said to him, here I am. Now, <clears throat> if you look at this story and you follow it through, you'll find that Abraham says this to God two times. And I want you to know that this is an everyday ordinary expression because he also says the same thing to Isaac. When Isaac said, Daddy, and he said, Here I am. Uh, it's, it's just conversation. It's, it's conversation that Abraham's having with God. So Abraham apparently walked through life sort of looking for God to speak, listening for God, anticipating that there would be moments in his life when he would need to, be, to respond to God. He's intimate with God. But, and you might be intimate with God. You might say, well, I know the Lord. I've been a Christian for however many years. But there will be moments in your life when the Lord will take you further. There will be another step. There will be another adjustment. God will ask you for another surrender. That didn't, didn't come immediately for Abraham. It came on down in the journey of his life, but it did come, and it'll come for you. And when it comes, you need to be ready, and you need to be ready to be obedient because you won't know how or when it was out of the blue for Abraham, and it might be for you to, today or tomorrow. It'll come. God will speak. The test will come. Number two, 
God will require in that test that you surrender your future to him. That's exactly what's happening here. We, I, I know you say, well, this is, isn't this about the story where Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice Isaac? Yes, it is. But it was, it was about Abraham's future. Uh, so <clears throat> look, at, look at verse 2 now. Look at verses, just verse 2. The Lord said, take now your son. And by the way, it's often good that we, we look at a passage very carefully. Look, look very carefully at verse 2. He says, take now your son, that's number one, your only son, that's number two, the son whom you love, that's number three, Isaac. Your son, your only son, the son whom you love, Isaac. There's no misunderstanding what God wants him to do. God is not blind to how Abraham feels about this boy. As a matter of fact, God has put all of these things in Abraham's heart about Isaac. This was his everything. Isaac was his everything. Isaac was, in, in, in Isaac was embodied all the promises that God had made to Abraham. In Isaac was his future. It was his future as far as the kingdom was concerned and everything that God wanted him to do. And so here is God asking, God asking him to do this. This is more significant. This is a more significant moment in the life of Abraham than when God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. And the Bible says then, the book of Hebrews, looking back on that moment, says, and he went out not knowing where he went. This is one of those moments in Abraham's life, another one of those moments, when he went out not knowing where he went. God hadn't told him yet. He said, I want you to go to, to Moriah, to one of the mountains, which I will show you. He hadn't shown him yet. He didn't know where it was yet. He didn't know how it was going to turn out yet. But God was requiring him to surrender his future into his hand. Isaac was his future. I'm telling you, there will be such a moment in your life. And, and I want to say, I want to suggest that this might be the very reason you're here tonight. God is speaking to you about your future, a future that you cling to as dearly as did Abraham to Isaac. But in this moment, God was asking for a significant surrender. And you might not can imagine God bringing you to such a moment, or it might be that you realize that you're standing in such a moment right now. And so for Abraham, this was a test of God's wisdom. This was a test of God's love. It was a test of his trust in God. It was a test of God's power. And God was asking him to sacrifice his Isaac. And what is your Isaac? Your Isaac is your right to your own life. Your Isaac is, is your future. Your Isaac is your own dreams and your plans, your own free will that God gave you uh, about, how to, how, about deciding how to live and how to walk. And he demands, as God demanded that, that Abraham lay Isaac down, God is demanding that you lay down 
your right to your future, to give it up, to surrender it. God gave it to you, and he can call for its return. Number three, the timing of your surrender will be critical to everything that God wants to do in and through your life. You'll notice that uh, if we look back at uh, verse 2 again, he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So what did Abraham do? Verse 3, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. I'm assuming that he didn't sit down and have a conversation with Sarah about what he was going to do or what God had put on his heart. I just I don't think he explained this. I don't think I don't think God wanted him to sit down with Sarah and have this discussion. This was between Abraham and God. This was one of those moments, and it'll be one of those moments in your life when you won't sit down and discuss it with anybody else about what God has laid on your heart. God has asked you to do something. He's asked you to take a step of faith. He's asking you to make a journey. Abraham never owned a watch or a calendar but he knew when there was a sense of immediacy about something. And when God spoke and said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, Abraham got up early the next morning, and he busied himself in obedience to God. Henry Blackaby, by the way, would call this a crisis of belief. God will bring you to one of those moments, and you will know it when it comes. He will speak and require your commitment, and, and it's going to be one of those moments when there needs to be no delay. He doesn't want you to ask questions. He doesn't want you to go and talk to your pastor. He doesn't want you to talk to your parents, although there are things to talk to your parents about. I grant that. But there are moments when God speaks, and he wants you to respond. He wants your surrender. He wants you to say yes to him in regard to what he wants you to do with your life. Those moments come. So the whole matter here is under, under the sovereignty of God. There was no negotiation and no delay. Take now, go to one of the mountains of which I will show you. And so Abraham did as he was told. Is that what you are doing? Are you responding in obedience to God, in keeping with what he's saying to you, and with how he is dealing with you? I remind you, the test will come and the test will come. It's the, that's the moment of your obedience when it comes, and the timing is crucial. Number four, the matter is between you and God. It is a very personal and private thing that God is asking you to do. Abraham took two of his young men with him. You'll notice this, but they didn't make the whole journey. There was a point along the way when he said, you've got to stay here, and we're going to Go on further. Look at verse 4. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship, and we will return to you. Now, Abraham has a sense of something here. We don't 
get a clear, we never have a clear sense of everything uh, he understood about what was going to happen. All we know is that the Bible tells us in the New Testament that Abraham had a conviction in his heart that even if God did require him to sacrifice Isaac, that the God who gave him to him in the beginning would be able to raise him up and give him, give him back if he required him to do that. Abraham has this conviction, as you can see with these young men, that I'm taking my son, we are going to worship, and we are going to return together. There's a bond between Abraham and this son here. Uh, that, that's pictured in these verses, and you'll see it as we continue. Number five, the journey God calls you to make, as he, the journey God was calling Abraham to make, is a journey of faith. You hear Abraham's incredible confession of faith. How confident was he? Do you think he was absolutely sure? No. No. Faith is never absolutely sure. You're only absolutely sure of God. You're not absolutely sure of how things are going to turn out. You're not absolutely sure if you're going to be successful or not. You're not absolutely sure if all your needs are going to be met or not. You can't be absolutely sure. The only thing you can be absolutely sure about is the God who calls you. And when God calls, you respond to you respond to him on the basis of who he is, not on the basis of what's on the other end of the journey, not on the basis of what you're going to get or what you expect him to give, but just on the basis of the fact that he is Lord. He is Lord of your life, and he is asking you to adjust your life to him, and you make that adjustment. So we look at verse 6. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. You'll find that expression a couple of times, and it's a very precious expression. The two of them walked on together. Abraham and his boy making a journey. There's only one guy on the screen. I couldn't find Abraham and Isaac. They don't make pictures of Abraham and Isaac, but there's... I just thought that guy looked like a guy making a decision, going somewhere where God was calling him to go. But he's walking with God. Abraham was walking with God. They were walking together. And Isaac was walking with his daddy. And Isaac was also learning to walk with God in this moment. I guess that's one of the other points that we could put in here that I hadn't thought to throw in is that whenever you make a journey of faith and you walk with God, the people around you also make that journey with you. Usually it involves your family. It will at some point in your life. It will involve your family. Pastors know that. There are sacrifices that you make to respond to God that also have required sacrifices in the life of your family and adjustments in the life of your family. Never sure about how it's going to turn out, but always sure about the God who called you. So they walked together. Isaac, verse 7, spoke to Abraham, his father, and said to him, My father? And he said, By the way, the Hebrew is Hineni. Hineni, can you just hear that? Hineni, here I am. That's exactly what Abraham said to God. Abraham, Hineni, here I am just like he would to his boy. 
intimate conversation. Here I am, my son. And Isaac said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I dearly love this story. One of the reasons I love the story is because it's so real. Isaac asked the question a child would ask. He's perceptive. He's perceptive because perhaps they've done this before. They've worshipped together before. And dad was wont to sacrifice a lamb when the time came. And this time they were going to sacrifice and there was no lamb. Where was the lamb, daddy? Where is the lamb for a sacrifice? Daddy doesn't know. He has no idea. He doesn't know how this thing is going to turn out. All he knows is that he has a trust in God that is unquestioned. And he says, he answers Isaac and he says, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. So make no mistake about it. There will be times when God will speak to you and, and you'll see no clear way through in the matter about which God has spoken. And, and, and those closest to you will ask you questions you won't be able to answer. You, you don't know how all the details are going to work out or, or how God will provide. All you know is that God has asked you to surrender something. God has asked you to take a step of faith and, and, and for you to trust Him to provide in ways that you can't now see. Number six, the closer you come to the place and moment of sacrifice, the more precious and priceless, your Isaac will grow in your eyes. I have found that often to be true. I never had to sacrifice a son. Don't have a son. God's not going to ask anybody to do that. But he will ask you to surrender your future to him on more than one occasion. And the closer you get to that moment, the more anxious you will become about your future. Because you realize that you are releasing it. It's not no longer in your hands anymore. It's no longer under your control anymore. You're releasing your future into the hands of God. You're moving in the direction that God wants you to go. You're making the steps. You're making the journey. Now, as I say, this is not a more precious story in all the Bible. If you'll notice here, and I never read it because... When I'm a father, I'm not moved by the tender and touching way Abraham handles the situation. Have you ever noticed in the story what he carried and what Isaac carried? Isaac carried the wood. You think Isaac carried the wood because it was heavy? No. He carried the wood because wood might mash his toe or mash his finger. But a knife would cut him and fire would burn him. And his daddy would carry that. I'm not going to let my boy carry anything that might hurt him, handle anything that might hurt him, because I love him. That's the picture that you see in this story. The boy asked a humbling question about the lamb. Children are insightful. They think so deeply at times. And, and to me, I would think that Abraham's heart must have been broken with sorrow at the thought of what God had asked him to do. And they, they step closer and closer to that place of sacrifice. God had said, take now your son, your only son, the son whom you love, Isaac. 
and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will show you. Now, there will be a moment when you'll have to go through something like that in your own personal journey with God. God will ask you to make a decision. Uh, You can't be the person God wants you to be until you've struggled with all the issues that trouble the heart and mind of Abraham. Abraham had found in God a pearl of great price. And when you find a pearl of great price, what do you do? You buy the field. You sacrifice everything to own the field. You know the story in the New Testament. So that you can own the field where you found the pearl of great price because nothing's more precious than that. And this is that moment in Abraham's life. Verse 9. So... Well, the last part of verse 8. So the two of them walked on together. Verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. So put your finger on verse 9 and I want to ask you a question. This is the next point. It's a question. Have you come to the place of God's choosing? Now ponder that. Now, I know that you don't think about that a lot, but uh, I can remember when God's house was the place of God's choosing, often the place of God's choosing. It was for you, wasn't it, Doug? God, maybe one Sunday night in the youth choir, God's house became the place of God's choosing. You realized you had a divine appointment. Uh, Often in a Sunday night service, I realized that God's house was the place of God's choosing as a, as a young person, that God was speaking to my heart, that there was something that God wanted me to do, some adjustment, some step of faith. And so as you come here tonight, you might say, well, I'm no Abraham. No, you're no Abraham. But you could be Jeremiah. And God called Jeremiah, and Jeremiah said, I can't speak. I'm but a youth. I'm just a lad. I'm just a kid. And God said, oh, yes, you can. Everywhere I will send you, you will go. And all that I command you, you will speak. Jeremiah came to the place and the moment of God's choosing. Abraham came to that place. Was it time? You may have noticed in this story that uh, the action suddenly slows down. Reason, one of the reasons I love this story so much is when I was at New Orleans Seminary, My last class at New Orleans Seminary, my last final exam was to translate the 22nd chapter of Genesis in Hebrew and write a commentary. We came to class that day with our Hebrew text of Genesis and a little blue book with empty pages and we were to sit down with one in one hand and one in the other, translate the Hebrew And it beautifully slows down at this point. Verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And notice, are you in a hurry, Abraham, to sacrifice your boy? See how big of a hurry he's in. And Abraham built the altar. How long does it take to build an altar? To stack some stones. Well, I've got to find the right one. I'm not sure this one looks just right. I, I, I have a feeling Abraham drug this out as long as he could, stacking those stones, building the altar. And then, and then 
He arranged the wood. Let's get this just right, son. Let me show you how to arrange this wood. Let me, let me show you how to make a good wood fire. You know, we got to get this wood stacked just right. And then he bound his son Isaac. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the look on the boy's face and the feelings in the father's heart and, and the questions on the mind of the child as he's looking into his father's eyes and the, and the, and the uncertainty. Was Abraham sure? He, he was only sure of God. He didn't know how this was going to work out. He binds his son Isaac, and then we're still in the same verse, and then he lays him on the altar on top of the wood. And then verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And that's all we'll say about that. That's the picture word there is, is not a pretty picture. Stacking stones, arranging wood just so, and doing it all lovingly and with a broken heart. He's here at the place of God's choosing. And he has to do what God has asked him to do because God is sovereign. He's Lord. He's Lord. Do you understand that? When we say Jesus is Lord, you don't have a question about what he wants you to do. When he asks you to do it, you do it because it's his will and you have called him your Lord. That's who he was in Abraham's life. Number eight. Only when we go all the way with God can we see the wonder of what God can do. Several times in the course of, of my life, God has, has brought me to a place of significant surrender. And my greatest fear was never not following God. My greatest fear was missing God, misunderstanding God, or following, following some sense of what I wanted rather than what God wanted but I can tell you from my own experience, every time I adjusted my life to God in keeping with God's will, God's wisdom proved greater than my own. And I have learned something new and wonderful about God every time I adjusted my life. And I can't help but assume that somebody is at some similar point of surrender tonight. God is requiring an adjustment, a sacrifice, a surrender. You don't understand how it's all going to work out. All you know is that God is calling. What will you discover about God if you make it? What will you miss if you don't? Look at verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Hineni. That's the Hebrew. Here, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and, and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son let me say this you know already God knew how all this was going to turn out all along he knew exactly what Abraham was going to do there was never any mystery in God's mind about who Abraham was or what Abraham would do the mystery was for Abraham to find out 
who God was and what God would do. Do you understand? There's a journey that God wants you to take, a step that he wants you to take, an adjustment that he wants you to make in your life. And you say, I don't understand what God is doing. You won't understand what God is doing until you make that adjustment. And when you make that adjustment, it'll all come clear. Let me share with you four things quickly about Abraham when he came through the test. Number one, he became a better man. Abraham, after he came through the test, became a better man. You'll always be better for following God and adjusting your life to God than you will for not doing what he wants you to do. Number two, when he came through the test, he knew more about God than he did before. You'll notice he names the name, he names the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh which means the Lord will provide. Abraham did not know God as provider. He hadn't really needed to know him as provider up until this moment. But now he knew God as provider, God meeting a need that he didn't understand how it could be met, but God met that need in that place. You might have to know God as provider if you adjust your life to him. You might have to know him in some other way. God will reveal yourself. He will reveal something new about himself if you are obedient to him and you will come through the test knowing him better than you did before. Number three, Abraham was closer to God than he was before. Closer. He was close to God when God asked him to do this. Pretty close. You know, the Bible says very clearly that God called Abraham his friend. That's pretty neat. His friend. One friend asked another friend to take a journey with him. To take a risk, really. Faith, is it a risk? Well, for us it is. Because we don't know what God will do, but we're always certain about God. We're certain about his stability and his integrity and his love. And that's one of the things that's true here. If there's any picture in the Bible of the heart of a God who would not withhold his only son, but give him up freely for us all, here it is in this passage of Scripture pictured in the New Testament. Something God would never require of an earthly father, he required of himself. And finally, when Abraham came through the test, he was ready for the rest of his journey. Now I want you to think about that. Because some of us are near, nearer the end of our journey. You, you thought I was just talking to the young people sitting up here on the front. There might be a test for them and then they'll be ready for the rest of their journey. But some of us have some adjustments in our life that we need to make and we're quite older. And we're not ready for the rest of our journey until we make that adjustment. The moment came, the ultimate test. God said, 
Abraham? And he said, Hineni, here I am. And he said, it's now. Take him now. Do it now. And he arose and went out, not knowing where he went or how, what would happen. And he found God to be more than he ever dreamed. Let's pray.